0: Hey guys, this is AC, and you're listening to Brown Men Won't Jump.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the Brown Men Won't Jump podcast. Today, we'll be introducing you to the Wild Wild West, or as Dr. Dre once said, no, welcome, you. welcome everybody to the Wild Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that's such a bull like alienness. All right, we have our usual round table today. Our, our, our nice uh, group of uh, brown experts, and one of to introduce the first one would be Anushan Ranasinga. Yo, what's good, guys? And then Runga. Yo. And Aswi. Howdy, how. And then, last but not least, our fearless leader, A.C. Runasinga. <laughs>
0: What's up, guys? I'm glad that I'm the leader. That's been promoted. the leader?
1: <laughs> okay. So, the Western Conference. Let's talk about it, folks.
2: All right, guys. Let's talk about the Wild Wild West. This year, the West is going to be absolutely insane. Other than the Thunder, the other 14 Western Conference teams all have playoff aspirations, obviously to varying degrees. So let's start off with the Clippers. I mean,
3: they're coming off one of the most disappointing seasons, uh, you know, in recent memory, having just leveraged their entire future to get two stars for two years. The first year was a complete bust, right? So I, I think to me, this is the most interesting team going into the next season.
0: Well, Rung, I know you're a big believer in karma or for those of us who are a little bit less religiously inclined, you know, the basketball gods or whatever. I, I thought last season was the classic example of that, right? I mean, they just tempered the basketball gods all season long. They rested people. You know, Pat Beverly tells Steph Curry, you have the last five years, we're going to have the next five are mine. Kawhi makes a commercial when he has a, a crown in his car, uh, just taking a little shot at LeBron. Clippers make commercials to mock the Lakers. The street lights over spotlights. Paul George calls himself playoff P. Paul George mocks Damian Lillard, of all people. And Patrick Beverly even yells, Cancun and three at Lillard, saying he's going to get knocked out. And then what happens? They choke away a 3-1 lead. And every single one of those three games, they had double-digit second-half leads. And in Game 7, Kawhi and PG combined to go 2 for 18 in the second half. And Kawhi gets zero points in the fourth quarter.
2: Definitely sounds like divine retribution to me. <laughs> I mean, they said streetlights. They're definitely in the street while uh, the uh, Lakers are in the throne room.
1: I, I think we all. It, there's no question that this was a failure for them, right? Uh, and I think this is a sort of just how I philosophically look at these things. But I think I still think you know I'm still looking at it as almost a small sample size. I still think this is one of the most talented teams in the league, and I, I think I think. They really sucked. They really screwed that up in the playoffs. But
2: I think, well, I mean, this—I is- don't it. think anyone's saying that they're not talented, right? Yeah. Like, and and look, you guys are saying it's a disappointing season. Disappointing is like the kindest word you could use. It was like utterly pathetic, really. It, it takes the the Warriors' choke from twenty sixteen and makes it like a million times worse because the Nuggets had no business beating them. I, I
1: agree, you know? right? Let, let me ask you, we right? So that happened. Yeah. I agree that it completely sucked. Do you think because of that historic result, do you think that their chances going into this season, I know th- now we're going to talk about the roster differences, right? But just assume it was the same roster, right? Do you think because this past event happened that was really atrocious that their chances in the future now are significantly diminished because of what we see? Well,
0: let, let, me, let me jump in and answer that. I actually think, I, I kind of agree with Nissel. I think they're actually better. They got better this offseason in, in a subtle way. I mean, we'll talk about the Ibaka move maybe in a second. But they had a lot of bad luck on top of their horrible choke last season that kind of went against them. I mean, for one, they were sort of injured throughout the season. And then secondly, like, we know that Zubak got COVID. Um, Landry Schammer got COVID. And then, you know, you had Harold having to leave the bubble. Uh, with the untimely death of his grandmother. You had uh, Patrick Beverly had to leave the bubble. Sweet Lou, although that's a little bit of a different situation. But... Before we get to why they got better, why don't we talk a little bit more, a little bit more about uh, their collapse? Paul George goes out and calls up playoff P. What's your favorite post choke nickname for Paul George?
2: I mean, P- pandemic P is probably at the top for me, but uh, way off P is just.
4: That, that <laughs> just I've <mean, laughs> actually
2: never top, heard you know?
3: way off P. I really like that. Pandemic P is the one that. I love that's ex- Yeah, but, I- I've heard pandemic
4: P quite often. I've heard pedestrian P as well but <laughs> apparently
0: PG people three also was, yeah pg3 for 13 play off well, play
3: off you know, my favorite reaction to his nickname is charles barkley who's never won a ring calling himself championship chuck <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah
3: but well, going I mean, back to nissal's earlier point like when you think about when lebron teamed up with chris Bosch and dwayne wade right they went really far but they couldn't win it despite having like way more talent than any other team um so i do think it takes time to build chemistry and i think chemistry is really important when you get to the playoffs and and these guys not only do they only have one year but they they probably had like what like a quarter of the season due to Kawhi's load management right which as a spurs fan i've i've dealt with how destructive that can be to a culture and 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 you know against chemistry so i and and the last thing that nissal said here is like they had a horrible season. Let's see what they're actually made of, right? Like, I think when your back against, is against the wall is when, like, people actually see what you're made of. Um, I personally hope Paul George has a rebound. I mean, he's come back from, like, a horrible injury. You guys remember? He was, he was responsible
2: like, for a lot of rebounds, that's for sure.
3: <laughs> that's true. So,
2: I actually have
4: an opposite take to what Ronga just said, because I, I agree with the idea that, you know, it takes a bit more than one year for teams to gel, as we've obviously seen with the Miami Heat, LeBron James led uh, with Dwayne Wade and Chris boss as well. But I, I think another thing to consider is that they don't have like LeBron James is a class act. We all know this I Dwayne get. Wade, a class act, Chris Bosh, a class act, but the the Clippers to me, at least like they have a bunch of, absurd characters there yeah like these guys just talk like they're just a bunch of shit in my opinion like uh, Patrick Beverly like as Russell Westbrook puts it delicately he just runs around he tricks y'all that he's playing defense right like he's like and he's a a shit talker right and they from what we've heard in reports they've never gelled completely there's a lot of like talks between um what it is like it's going on between our behind closed doors and you know it does not seem like their chemistry can be fixed within one year, at least in my
2: opinion. And, and l- let me just add to what Anushan's saying. Like, look, you can't equate the the twenty uh, was it twenty eleven uh, Miami Heat to this Clippers team because that team had leaders, right? Like, who who on the Clippers is going to take the leadership role and, and you know galvanize uh, the team and say, okay, let's let's. Let's run this back. Let's fix our issues. You think pandemic P is going to do it? Because the people in the locker room were saying, um, "What have What have you accomplished in the in the playoffs?" He had no like no credibility in that locker room. Kawhi Leonard, the dude, barely talks. I, he's I agree he's, with he's that. not a leader at all. I,
3: I agree. They definitely if they, lack leaders. If they got Chris
2: Paul somehow, I would say, you know, okay, there's a leader. That's somebody who could get the troops together. I I really just think that last year was their window. And I, I I and despite the talent that they have, I I just feel like last year was their window. I I don't see them winning this year. It's definitely at all.
3: Up. I definitely like. I I think we would all agree that they lack leadership.
1: The strong silent type of form of leadership, right? Like you look at Tim Duncan. You look at even Kawhi. Like even the later years of the Spurs year. Like that, that's not a. You don't have a vocal like LeBron James. Running the huddle on the Spurs, right? But they've had a tremendous amount of leadership. You know, Tim Duncan set a great example, even though he's not super vocal. So I don't think I don't think just because Kawhi's not very vocal that he can't be a phenomenal leader.
3: Tim Tim Duncan, yeah, um, arguably the greatest teammate of all time, right? So he might not have been vocal publicly, but he was someone who drove consensus, who had dinner with the teammates, who joked around a ton in practice. Like he was actually a leader, and and I think he allowed Kawhi to flourish without leadership.
2: Strong silent doesn't doesn't mean shit when you're when you're asking to have a private uh massage room and flying from San Diego and holding up the team like that strong and silent doesn't work when you're like that. Tim Duncan uh, is.
0: uh, I I want to jump in here. I I think superstars have always had some degree of privileges, so this idea that Kawhi is asking for that is not that surprising. But I actually think Nissal's point is is like missing that the Spurs and the Raptors covered for Kawhi's lack of leadership because they had great leaders on those teams already in place. You know, like, it's one thing to be, you don't have to be this over-the-top vocal guy, but there is an element of leadership with guys like Kyle Lowry, guys like Tim Duncan, and let's not forget Greg Popovich. My problem with Kawhi is that here's a guy who holds himself as one of the best players, and he is, no question about it, but he kind of just shows up and then plays and then just goes home. The Clippers, specifically, uh, hide him from media availability. They actually appears hours after press conferences so that he doesn't have to answer tough questions. And so like guys like Montrez and Lou Williams have to answer all the difficult questions. I mean, that starts to rub teams wrong over time.
4: Yeah, I, I agree. And again, the Greg Popovich point is extremely well taken. I think um, to add to the whole Tim Duncan uh, situation, he was a leader by example and also a great teammate like Runga can attest to. He did a lot of things for his teammates behind closed doors where, I mean, quite frankly, the only thing I've heard about Kawhi Leonard from his teammates is, oh, he's funny. That, that's about it. Like, I don't, there's not, it doesn't seem to be like a genuine connection. Of course, like we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but based on the way his teammates talk about the Clippers as a whole, it doesn't seem like Kawhi Leonard is really providing that type of leadership that we'd expect from a player of his caliber.
3: I agree with that. I'll also say like look, Kawhi his ego must have been huge coming off the win in in uh, Toronto, right? So maybe he's been knocked down a little bit and hopefully that'll show in in positive play on the court. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Um the other thing is like Kawhi has benefited from great coaching and being within what I would say is great great systems. Where chemistry is already established in the Spurs, in the Raptors, you really didn't have that uh, in the Clippers last year. I mean, wh- when you when I watched the Clippers, what I saw was a lack of a system. It was basically one on one play, and you had either Kawhi taking it, Paul George taking it, or or Lou taking it. Um, and so my what I'm encouraged by is is their coaching hire, and uh, Mr. Ty Lue, who's a great X's and O's coach, and he's a player coach who was able to manage. Huge egos, right? I mean uh, he
0: famously in game seven against the Warriors at halftime, he gets into LeBron and tells him you're not doing enough. And frankly, he wasn't in that first half. So the guy who has the balls to do that is the kind of guy that you need in a team like this.
3: Absolutely. I mean, I think they got a little bit better uh picking up uh Ibaka, who shot nearly I think it was like thirty-nine percent from the three point land last year. Uh, so
0: quietly, and, and that, that's, that's in the regular season in the playoffs. He's got 51% from three. So I, I think he's gotten better. They're better with him. I mean, he can play in their closing five. Um, he can switch a little bit on defense. Uh, he's not quite the shot blocker he used to be, but he gives him a
2: little bit of that. He fits better with the rest of the team than, than Harold does. And, you know, they lost Harold and Jermichael Green and Ibaka kind of fills both of their roles for them
0: yeah um Anishan, what did you see in him last season watching the Raptors as close as you do
2: right yeah I mean
0: one thing about Ibaka
4: well aside from just like uh, the obvious things he provides on the court he's a great off the off the court kind of guy so already you have a, a boost in chemistry just there because he's already played with Kawhi Leonard he knows what Kawhi is sort of about and he seemingly likes Kawhi Leonard so there's a lot to go off of there but yeah as far as he is as a player, um. Again, I would say Ibaka isn't necessarily a high IQ player. He's—I've seen him do a lot of like crazy shit, like taking super contested, like long range, like two pointers instead of threes, taking contested three pointers. But he has the ability; he has the the range to be able to play a good pick and pop game. Um, I feel like Kyle Lowry made him look a lot better than he actually is because he's not a great pick and roll man, but Kyle Lowry is very good at setting people up to put him in those positions. So he still is relatively explosive for his age now. And um, overall, again, provides a good defensive presence as far as a rim protector goes. And he is able to switch out onto guards. So he ha- provides a good defensive boost, a little bit over Harrell. But Harold might be a bit quicker than he is.
2: Before we get too, uh, too into the meat and potatoes about their off-season moves, can we please talk about Paul George's uh, atrocious uh, PR this this uh, this off season, like it's it it is embarrassing I feel embarrassed for him when you see the things he he said about Doc rivers and and just like continuing to make uh, Doc River's life completely miserable.
0: I mean, hey, he, on top of like just taking no accountability, the things he said were actually false. so he actually said that Doc Rivers used him in floppy action, which is off the ball. Uh, you know like using him as a shooter running off screens uh, like the, the way that doc rivers used jj Redick and real and put the actual stats show that doc rivers put him in more pick and rolls than he's ever been in his career so it's not even like a valid statement and I, I agree with rungo that doc rivers coaching left a lot to be desired in last year's playoffs um but man like just 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 keep on the dl for a little bit you know just say all the right things that you, you know you can be better and i just don't,
3: don't want to uh, um not state the 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 thing that the elephant in the room i feel like anytime we're talking about paul george and doc rivers which is that paul george was engaged to his daughter and then cheated on his daughter with
0: a prostitute not a prostitute a stripper stripper, stripper, to to be exact which he who he impregnated and then tried to pay a million dollars for her to have an abortion yeah
3: my my apologies to the uh, prostitution community (laughs)
0: Um, he has now married that stripper uh, so (laughs) there is that yeah, this is what I
3: feel about this podcast to me because, like, most like ESPN podcasts are not going to talk about this,
0: but we have We're, that. Luxury. We don't give a shit. We're just going to talk about anything like Yeah, this We don't that care.
2: I feel like what we saw with Paul George in the playoffs says a lot about what 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 I at least I personally have seen in Paul George for a long time. I used to laugh. There was I think it was a Gatorade commercial where he at the end of it he hits a buzzer beater, but at that point he had never hit a NBA buzzer beater a college buzzer beater a high school buzzer beater and i think in his career he's had maybe two buzzer beaters but in contrast he's had many shot right in his face most famously the the uh the damien lillard one right so he is out there
0: hitting the side of the backboard on wide open oh yeah. shots like yeah. hitting the side of the backboard i mean, you couldn't like choking is sometimes an over it's, it's almost a little bit of a harsh term to use against players and, and polder is a guy who's had some real playoff success early in his career against those miami lebron teams but i mean he looked like he had wanted no part of the ball in that game uh actually the last three games to be honest with you and it's, it's kind of conservative that's your second best guy if you're trying to be a title contender i agree but to, to sort of Introduce the counterpoint
3: here real quick. Like, you know, he had a semi-MVP caliber season when he was with Russ in in, in OKC. And that's
0: just uh, two seasons ago, too, to your point. Yeah,
3: exactly. Two seasons ago. He, he's had great performances uh, as a pacer. And so, like, you know, I, I think his stock is super fucking low right now. But there's I, I do expect him to, to outperform where the expectations are today. I would yeah,
0: buy, I'd like expect the, a, a bounce back season from him to be honest.
2: Sure, but uh, you're talking about that... Let, let's go back to that OKC season, right? Yeah, he had a great regular season, and in the playoffs, he's playing terribly while Russ is dropping 40. Like, but he, he, he was, was sh- injured in
0: the playoffs. I think he had injured a lot of things that
2: season. Sure, but it, it's, he it's, look, he's, he's, not, he's not a big game player. He, he, he's not a cojones guy.
1: Just to give a opposite, I guess, view, I'm buying Paul George stock, and I'm buying options that are going to trigger for this playoffs. It
4: really is unfortunate because... Back when he was with the Pacers, um, he was phenomenal. I think we can all agree. Like we, when we would watch him, he was definitely a top NBA player. And it's it's weird because it's usually when someone goes to play with someone like better than them, they can start to really like flourish. Or like when they're not the guy, but like when he was the guy, he was like super good. But as soon as he went to OKC, things slowly started to go downhill. It's super yeah. unfortunate.
3: And the other thing I'll say on this, Sean is is I do he should not have been saying this in the media, but I do think Doc Rivers did not use him appropriately. Um, I mean, Paul George basically got the ball when the when the shot clock was like halfway through, and he had to make like a one on one play or shoot the ball when he was on the Clippers. Um, I do think he's he's definitely, in my opinion, good enough to be the second best uh, player on on a championship team, and Kawhi is certainly good enough to be the first best player. So I. I I, again, I'm actually, I'm with Nissol. I'm buying stock, not just on uh, playoff PP <laughs> but the whole team because they yeah. got Ty Lue. I think that's going to make a huge, huge difference. This dude uh, is the
0: perfect guy to lead the team. Runga and Nissal, are you guys worried at all about their lack of a point guard, though? I mean, Kawhi blatantly has come out and said that they need a point guard, which is a bit of a insult to the point guards they already have on the team, but they're not really creators. I mean, you have Lou Williams, who... It's just an atrocious, atrocious playoff performer. Um, I mean, everyone knows that every year he's a target on defense, but I think people realize how bad he's been on offense in his career. His career playoff stats, he shoots 39.3% from the field and 25.6% from the three. And he's one of those guys like who depends so heavily on getting to the line that when he can't, he kind of sucks. And we're not even talking with the Lemon Pepper Lou part of the whole
2: situation. Um, well, let me let, let me tell you, so... I, I did I, I did some digging, and in the playoffs this year, he was 42.5% from the field, but 23.5% from three. But That's a third torrent. of his shots that he took were threes. And he had the highest turnover percentage of his career, right? And he needs the ball in his hands. He doesn't come off screens much, and he spots up for only like 11% of his offensive possessions. So if he's not producing on offense, what role does he have on the team? Because the Clippers were four and a half points uh, better, uh, four and a half points per 100 possessions better on defense without it. So it's very clear they're going to move away from him. But I mean, how, what are you going to get from him on the market? I, I guess a, like a team that really just wants a spark plug off the bench might have him, but the production is just not there in the playoffs.
4: Yeah, production's not there. He's really getting up there in age now. I, I, yeah, I agree with us. I don't think it's really... That
2: being said, look, look, I, I, I do have love for Lemon Pepper, right? Because, you know, former Sixer, there's a lot of great stories about him in Philly, and he's a stand-up guy, right? But that being said, you know, this is a business, this is basketball, and I just don't see... I, I feel like he's kind of getting to that point in his career where... He's someone who's just going to move to different teams, provide leadership, but I don't think I think the Clippers really need to move away from him if they want a shot.
4: <laughs> just uh, to add a little bit to the stand-up guy part, I don't even know if that's necessarily true because as Drake had famously put into a song, two girls and they get along like I'm Lou. So he's a <laughs> very uh, intriguing character when it comes to the things he does off the court.
2: To say oh, the yeah, case. well, he went to get, quote-unquote, chicken wings at a strip club so <laughs> yeah nearly put the team in really... jeopardy by doing that and,
3: yeah um... and, but, but i i do agree with Kawhi's statement i think they need a point guard they need someone that can facilitate so that frankly Kawhi doesn't have to um what i do like about the team so they, they've lost depth but they remain an an elite defensive team at least through the starting lineup
0: um And And they don't have Harold anymore, who got really targeted. I mean, frankly, like a lot of things are going wrong for him. I mean, he's really close to his grandmother who passed away, he didn't leave the bubble, came back out of shape, but he was targeted a lot on defense. But I do think a little bit of that is Doc Rivers' horrible scheme, making Montrezl Harrell a drop guy in a lot of these things against, uh, you know, so he would drop back into the paint on pick and roll coverage which he's not good at doing. He's not that tall. And also it was against guards who could just pull up and hit threes like Jamal Murray and Luka Doncic and also big men like Jokic okay. and um, Porzingis who could just pop and hit three. So it was a horrible scheme, but Harold was definitely not an ideal uh, candidate to like have a consistent defense with. And so just having Ibaka instead of him would is make him much better on that end to your point.
2: right? And, and and to that point, I, I also like how they added Nicholas Batum as um is he brings extra length and defense. And oh my god! But is so- like the that's the most overrated yeah. signing yeah, of the whole. Yeah, I have he to agree with yeah, He's, he's arguably been the like a, the
0: worst player in the NBA for the last five years. Like at least the last couple still, years.
2: So I'll give him I, I don't yeah. think they they didn't pay too much for him and no, bro, veteran Look, minimum.
0: It's it, a good value. You, it, you know, it's it, upside exactly. play, but but people are acting like they're getting some like legitimate player here. this is not
4: like Nicholas Batum back when he was with Portland when he was like. Really good. Before that he got his great, pay great well, player,
0: well yeah. you know, on the other hand, counterpoint would be it's a contract year for him, so he only ever plays hard on those years.
2: <laughs> <He must laughs> and, and and a, and you know, look, it's back. anything to lighten the load for Kawhi as much as possible. Give him some minutes. You know, he has length, he has some defense, some passing. It's it's better than um you know, and for a veteran minimum deal, like I, I I'm fine with the move. I, I think it, it it helps more than it hurts.
3: I'm yeah, I'm mean, insulted that anyone would suggest that anyone outside of Kyle Anderson could possibly be the worst player in the NBA right now. Come just, on, uh,
4: stop hating on slow mo That guy's the best.
3: I, I think Slo-Mo's still with the Grizzlies, man. He is
4: with
2: the Grizzlies, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he is. Yo, he's a uh, Summer League uh, MVP, though.
0: <laughs> I, I do think the Clippers got better, um, but I do want to talk a little bit about Kawhi Leonard, who... I have a hot take alert. Else, we can cue that hot take. Hot take alert. I think it's kind of an indictment on this guy that he wants his point guard to come in and sort of create offense for him. Because I thought the the whole story about Kawhi Leonard was that, oh, he's become a much better passer now. Well, I guess not good enough. And I thought in the playoffs, his lack of passing was really exposed um, by the Denver in particular. He just wasn't making enough plays for him, for other people. Uh, and and he, got, he has gotten a lot better on that end, but it wasn't good enough. And I also think, and here's the hot take part of it, I think his reputation as a playoff killer is a bit overstated even before the series against the Nuggets. I mean, let's go back and look at this, right? 2014, he gets the finals MVP for a quote unquote shutting down LeBron. But LeBron shot 57% from the field and 51% from three in that series. And it was, he, was, he had the fourth highest usage on the Spurs. So he was like the fourth option on the team, and he was his finals MVP. Whatever. 2019. Legitimately, he was the best player in the playoffs overall, I think. You can say that. But where does his reputation come from? It's that Game 7 a game against Asui Sixers in which he was pretty bad in the fourth quarter. People kind of forget this. He just made this ridiculous three. Uh, which literally bounced four times and goes in. And then, yes, he beats an injured warrior team with no Durant, no clay. And I said this at the I time thought... when when Runga, I remember this very well, Runga was declaring Kawhi the best player. Uh, you, can, you can check your receipts on GroupMe if you
3: don't believe that you said this. <laughs> best I remember telling... After LeBron. LeBron didn't play that that year in the
0: playoffs. Okay, fine. But I just remember saying yeah, at Max the time, Kelvin if he's the here. best player of the league, he's the worst best player the league has ever seen. And I mean this because he, he, he was kind of given this status, and it wasn't just you, it was a lot of people saying this, you knew that both LeBron and Durant were hurt. Um, and they've been way more consistent for way longer and accomplished more. And I, I just think, again, like the best players have to make their teammates better in a way that Kawhi hasn't done. And, and we talked before about his lack of leadership skills. He's a guy who shows up and hoops, but he doesn't communicate with his teammates. I mean, is that the standard we will expect the best player in the world to, to hold on? Uh, you know, I, I don't think so. And I listen, I still think he's a beast. Like he's got late 90s MJ type of game with his unstoppable mid-range jumper. Um, and he's been good in the playoffs overall. And he's got those amazing hands just like MJ did back in the day. So hes they still have a top three player and a guy who can be the best player on the team. I'm just saying I'm a little bit, I think his, his reputation is a bit overblown.
3: Yeah, I think where you and I have always disagreed, right? Is I think he's a top three player. I just think he's better than Durant. I've always looked at it as like, there's LeBron James, he has a crown, then there's a, a huge gap and then you have Kawhi. And then right after Kawhi, you, you have Durant. And that's partially because as you guys know, I discount most of Durant's success because his, his success had only come when he was on a team with the Splash Brothers, with Draymond Green, you know, a, a, team, a team that won 73 wins. Right. I, I think Kawhi, he's an unbelievable defender. I still consider him a killer when it comes to clutch scenarios. Although last year, certainly he he left a lot to be desired. Um, and I think he's, I always felt that he was a better passer than people gave him credit for, but he's not good enough to actually like facilitate an offense and make his teammates better. But part of this guys, again, is as a player, how, how good your coach does reflects uh, on you as a player, right? So when he was in the Spurs, he he had a good pass to make when he was in toronto he had a good pass to make in 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 la essentially when when you can't make a shot where do you pass you pass back out to the three point line where you have paul george and and that's that's what we kept seeing is like just it reminded me of of okc a few years ago where you just have isolation play starting from the three-point line trying to drive in and and, and make a basket if not you
0: pass it back out Runga, that that's that's nba basketball that's what all that's, that's exactly what the lakers do that's what everyone does I and mean, that's what the maverick is doing that's what the nuggets are doing like i i i mean this idea that like it has to be this complex system i, I just don't buy that i I, don't, I I'm never bought that
3: complex, dude i'm asking, i'm talking about what about a pick and roll like these guys did not run pick and roll so when you, when you look at the nuggets right like jamal murray um and the Joker run a fantastic pick and roll. When you look at the Spurs, it was like Tony Parker and Tim Duncan doing that for a while. Like when I'm watching a team and you, you're not even running a pick and roll when you have that much talent on the floor, that's that's when I say there's a real problem. So
0: who do you want them to run the pick and yeah, roll that, with, right? That, that's like, exactly is what I, I was with gonna Paul say. George. If you run it with Paul George, they just switched that. And that's what kept happening to them. Like that's the obvious thing. Like that's the thing. Like people say that the two of them are a great fit together, and they are in the sense that defensively they can switch everything, but they're not in the sense that you can just, other teams can switch against them as well, right? So now you're talking about either you're going to put Lou Williams on the floor, who's getting targeted on the other end, and then you, or you're putting him with Harold or somebody like that, but then he's also becoming a target. Um, I mean, you trust Zubox to be the role, man? Like, who's the guy that they're running that pick and roll with? I mean, I mean
3: that's just- in, my, in
0: my opinion,
3: you have guys who are such talented scorers in Kawhi and PG. They just need a little bit of space and some movement. And you, you know I feel this way. Like, I feel like a team needs to have some movement. When there's, like, too much stagnation and no one's running off the ball screens or, or screening for the
0: ball, like, that's a big problem. Wait, but Paul know, George I, just claimed that, wait, that all he did was run off the ball screens for Doc Rivers. <laughs> hold, on, hold on, I, I need to interject here because – so the, the idea
4: behind – now we're just move more into, like, basketball in and of itself. But the, the idea behind pick and roll is that you need floor spacing in order for a pick and roll to work. So having a motion offense when you're running a pick and roll set doesn't make sense to do in and of itself because you need yeah. floor spacing
0: because there's I, going I, I to think, be help. I agree. I think they have in, had enough spacing. I mean, offensively, after the behind the Mavs ridiculously efficient offense, they had the second best offense in the NBA. They had plenty of spacing. I I I really think it comes down to these two guys just not performing when it really matters, especially Paul George. I mean, Kawhi was horrible in Game 7, but he was always good throughout. Paul George just completely vanished the back half of that series. And listen, if you're if your second best player is like the fifth or sixth or seventh best player in the series, you're just not going to win, and and that's just what happened to them. No,
3: that's um, definitely that, so. That's definitely
0: accurate. You know uh, that that's clearly what happened, and he got a
3: lot of shit for it. And I do think it's worth mentioning. You know, I don't know how much you guys want to count this or discount this, but Paul George did say he he was struggling with anxiety issues being in the bubble.
0: Um, and I'm sure, that's saw. And it, and you, you talked about space and they got Luke Canard to give him a, a really a dead-eye shooter, though he's never healthy. So, I mean, overall, guys, is really quickly. You think it got better, worse, the same? I, I To me, I think they got marginally better and I think they'll be a little well, bit luckier better. than last season. So I would buy their stock as Nissel was saying. I think they're going to be a lot better pr- primarily due to the coaching change.
2: Oh, yeah, that for sure. For sure. I say a, oh, coaching change, uh, a lot better and
1: I, and I would say if I had to project out teams most likely to win the title i don't think they could be any lower than two um i haven't decided whether it's them or the lakers one or two but i think that's what you're looking at from my perspective i have a bit of opposite
4: opinion i think it's more like a neutral i don't think they get much better but i don't think they get much worse either
2: yeah i'm 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 on on board with what Anshan said well so nissal
0: brought up the lakers i i think the reason that the clippers might not even seem as exciting what they did in the offseason is because the Lakers are such an incredible offseason. Um So Rob Palenka is a guy that everyone shit on. Like he was the butt of every joke, you know, Woj and, and uh, Ramona Shelburne are out there accusing him of basically not knowing the salary cap. And now a year later, it looks all looks ridiculous. This guy's like, should be in my opinion, by far the front runner to win executive of
2: the year. So they got, they traded for Dennis Schroeder, but in, in doing so they had to lose uh Danny Green and also the uh 28th pick which was uh Jaden McDaniels then they gained Montrez Harrell which in my for me is that's my favorite move that the Lakers made and we could talk about that in a little bit but they also added Marcus Gasol, West Matthews resigned KCP and also um uh resigned Quinn Cook after waving him Marquise um, Morris as well then- and Mark yeah, and and uh but at they had minimum. to let go of Ron. No, yes. they they resigned yeah.
0: Markeith at a minimum while his brother got sixty-two million dollars more for play for the Clippers. Now, Marcus Morris is better than Markeith Morris. I don't think we all anyone's gonna doubt that, but I don't know if he's sixty-two million dollars better.
2: And, yeah. and and then they also lost Rondo, Howard, and Bradley. So in overall they got younger and they just kind of got rid of all their old older folks.
0: They they add I a lot of offensive great. firepower, but also you also before we get to what you know, how it looks. You forgot one of the biggest things that happened in the offseason, which is that they got Anthony Davis to sign a five year max, which nobody saw coming, and then LeBron to sign an extension as well. So now they have they're probably one of the only teams that have their core locked up for the foreseeable future as well.
3: Yeah, to that end I I thought that those were the best moves that they made. And I think it's it shows like everything that they did prior to that was to make that happen. So certainly they 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 won the offseason. I personally felt that what made this a successful off season primarily in my mind, it was the signing of Gasol um, because I was a little worried that they were going to lose their identity altogether as like a, a big team that had a uh, very strong defense and Gasol, um, you know, I think he's a lot better on on the offensive end than, than, than the big men that they lost, but um, he's still going to be able to anchor them defensively, which, which I thought was great.
0: I understand you watched more Gasol up close last year. There's some talk, that because his bubble performance is so poor that he might be washed up, what does he still have? So, yeah, it's really interesting because I what, what I said about Serge Ibaka, I actually think
4: the complete opposite with Marc Gasol because Marcus Gasol is a player who thrives off of his IQ. So I while I, he doesn't have the mobility, and obviously he's a lot older now, right? But that IQ is something that LeBron can definitely utilize in and of itself. So he doesn't really like, as we know, like LeBron's really good at like putting guys in the right position to succeed. But Marc Gasol already has that capability himself. He knows what he needs to do on the floor. It's just a matter of if his body will allow him to, to do that. He's a great shooter, as we know, even though the, the, uh, the bubble doesn't really exemplify this. We know that he's a good shooter. Um, he's a great like low post option if given the opportunity um great screen setter he knows the right spot to be on the floor offensively defensively as runga said he can be an anchor he knows how to direct and guide people he is controversially a defensive player of the year as you know he took that from lebron we can all agree that with that but um he has a defensive player of the year under his belt so definitely a guy i think is a good signing if not just for his ability but also the leadership that he could provide to the
2: team championship uh, pedigree as well
4: Sure, yeah, absolutely. But uh,
2: let me just really quick talk about Montrez Harrell because I just really want to say this. I-, I agree, the best move is e- easily signing LeBron, AD, goes without saying. But my favorite move has to be Montrez Harrell because everything we just talked about, um, like that wasn't working with the Clippers, this was kind of like the final nail in the coffin in a sense because. Look, the guy gets six man of the year. He's tight with the the old guard of the Clippers, the guys who did uh, they overachieved um, in the twenty nineteen playoffs, right? And and now he 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 goes across the uh, hallway to the Lakers locker room, and you know it's kind of like the big brother taking the little brother's toy or something. You know, <laughs> it, it just it, it weakens the Clippers uh, in in, yeah. a, in a way. And And, and and, it hurts the morale.
0: And the thing is, like, even if you said, okay, Serge Ibaka is better, they could have still kept Harold and used it as a trade to somebody else. They could have used that to get a point guard, for instance. They just lost that asset altogether. Just walked off the door to their rivals. And I I think that some Harold, the the Lakers signing Harold, has been really criticized by the NBA hipster types because they're looking at this like poor bubble showing and saying, oh, he's not going to fit. He's bad on defense. And they're looking at the stats of the when he was on the court versus off the court. And totally missing that he was totally misused by Doc Rivers. Um, well, first of all, let's let's not forget, like I said before, his grandmother passed away. And and he's like, there's not like some grandmother you're distant with, he's super tight with his grandmother, and it was it was really a tragedy for him. Um, and he's a guy who's played well in playoffs before. Two years ago, in against the Warriors with Kevin Durant, when he was still healthy, he absolutely was unguardable by them. Draymond couldn't do anything with him. The first two games, he basically made every single shot on the floor and they, they stole a couple of games in that series, mostly because of Harold, to be honest. And like I said, Doc Rivers totally misused him in drop coverage, which is which is not what he's good at doing because he's not that tall, right? Um, and also like his plus minus numbers are deceiving because he's he was always paired with Lou Williams uh, and Landry Shamit, who are both really bad defenders, while Zubak was always paired with Paul George and Patrick Beverly, two of the best in the game. So that's why you can't just like look at a number and, 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 and figure everything out. You guys should look at the film. That's and, also the Lakers, Lakers. and the Lakers can cover for him in ways, right? Because like, you know, Runga mentioned Gasol, but like him, Davis, and even LeBron, all those guys can provide the rim protection that the Clippers guys weren't doing with them, right? Um, and the Lakers also blitz coverage a lot. So like remember what they doing in Portland and, and Houston where they send two men to trap the ball handler and then it's a lot of scrambling behind. Well, you know what's really good for scrambling? Speed. And that's one thing that Harold does have for a center. He's really fast. Um,
3: I, I totally think is- uh, just, just to interject real quickly here. He was really exposed last season against the Nuggets when he had to guard a, a larger Joker, right? Extremely skilled and, and much taller players, seven footer. And the other thing is this dude is capable of scoring 30 points a night. You know, he did that practically, you know, scoring 25 to 30 points every other night during certain stretchers last season. When in you limited have- minutes. Like, exactly, we go, by, like, if we
0: go by like a points per possession basis. Like, he's one of the best in the NBA, he's a legitimate elite scorer. Um, and that's a, that, and that thing that's really scary to me because when you put a guy like that as a
3: role player on a team like the Lakers, just coming off a championship, that like that that makes him scary. Good,
0: you mentioned role player, that's the key thing. If he's really killing them on defense, they can just take him off the floor. They like they can always put ad at the five and lebron at the four, like they did in nut punch time in game six, right? Or when it really mattered, that's what they'd go to. They don't have to play him if he's really killing them, but um, we've talked a lot about what he does, like you know how we can the Lakers can cover for him. But offensively, he also just gives them this isolation player they can throw the ball to. He can post up ball. Well. He has all kinds of weird flip shots, kind of a little bit Antoine Jameson like, or he can finish weird, uh, like difficult odd angle shots around the rim. And he's actually Easy. a pretty good passer out of the of the short roll. If if team trying to like trap LeBron, he can like dump it off to Harold, and he can make the right read a little bit like Draymond does. So I think overall, he brings up a lot of skill and talent and just youth. I yeah, love the uh, Anton
3: Jameson nod.
0: Yeah, I
4: agree. The Anton Jameson's a really cool uh, comparison. But um, yeah, just to add on to that, what I like about the, the Harrell signing is, especially paired with the Gasol signing, is that it really is two parallels to a player because Gasol is much better defensively than Harrell is. But because of Harrell's quick speed and his ability to... to be able to blitz and like get all over the floor quickly. It's just a huge parallel that you have with Gasol who could just play drop coverage instead. And of course, AD who's capable of playing both of the coverages. So you have a lot of pieces now that you can use. And I feel like Harrell going to be extremely good with LeBron because we all know LeBron's an amazing facilitator, amazing passer. And Harrell is a premier pick and roll player. Like I believe he scored a majority of his points playing off of uh, with the pick and roll with Lou Williams uh himself so having a guy who's a better playmaker in lebron james would just add even further to that
0: well the other guy is dennis schroeder that's probably going to be oh, his, yeah, yeah. the guy he plays most of the minutes with um are you guys worried at all about schroeder saying that he should be starting i mean it's kind of odd to come into a championship team and just say like i need to start
3: yeah that that's um, a horrible sign horrible, horrible I, I, I don't like
4: that but um Again, I actually agree. I I do think he should come off the bench because again, yeah, the idea with him playing with Harold, but Dennis Schroeder is a yeah, he's a great second unit, and he's a premier bench player. Like, if not, he should have been. So he six was a
0: to six man of the year yeah. last year, and the winner was Montrezl Harrell. Montres so Harrell yeah. The Lakers went from a team with an extremely questionable bench, certainly from an offensive perspective, to one that now has two guys who can really get it done. Yeah, yeah Schroeder is amazing.
3: What I don't like about this is you lose Rondo, who, first of all, I put a huge premium on players that perform in the NBA Finals, and Rondo clearly deserves that, right? Um, but you lose Rondo, who who brings a lot of leadership and can check LeBron. Like, Rondo, um, y- you know, a-, a few seasons ago, when the Lakers had that super young team, um I remember there was like some some story that I thought was really cool, which is Rondo went to LeBron and was like, "Look, every time you criticize these guys, you like kill their morale. Like these guys, they look at you as the Michael Jordan of their time, right? And they like live and die by everything you say. So you you got to go easier on the young young dudes." And LeBron actually listened to him, right? So I, I think losing Rondo is like nobody's talking about this, but to me, I do think it's a big loss. I actually didn't know that Schroeder said that he wanted to start. That that's a horrible sign. This dude's ceiling, in my opinion, um, is either a starter on a shitty team or a role player, bench player uh, on a great team. And so he better check himself pretty quickly there.
4: Plus, um, just to add on to what Runga Runga said, um, like the reason why his numbers may seem a bit more inflated is again he's going up against other teams' bench players, right? Like. That's why he's he looks so promising. Like that's not to say Dan Schroeder isn't he can't compete with other NBA like starters. He definitely can. But the reason why certain players come off the bench and like why Ginobili for so many years, as Run can attest to, came off the bench was not only did it fit the system, but when you go up against other teams' benches, you have a player who is a starter caliber player decimating other people who just cannot check or understand the, the way in which to guard him. So I just think that him coming off the bench would be a huge bonus.
0: That's interesting. I have a totally opposite perspective on this. To me, like the Lakers needed Rondo last year because they had nobody else who could basically dribble the ball outside of LeBron James. Like anyone could do it reliably, much less penetrate into the paint. Shorter can do that better than Rondo right off the bat. If nothing else, he's like awesome at doing that one thing. He's so fast, right? And I think the Lakers went through a couple of seasons of watching Rondo play like, frankly, one of the worst players in the NBA before last season's run. And they probably thought this is not sustainable. Like last season, he was randomly in the playoffs out of nowhere. He was hitting threes. Is that sustainable? Probably not. And the thing is Schroeder is actually a better defender than Rondo at this point in their careers. He's still small. So like smaller than any of the Lakers guards, but he has long arms, like very long wingspan. He's great at fighting through screens. He was awesome on defense last year. He played really well off the ball last year with Chris Paul and also on the ball. So that's really nice when you have LeBron on the team. So he can still play off of LeBron. Um, he also doesn't gamble recklessly as much defensively, so he's a little bit more solid. But I think the biggest value of getting a like Schroeder is it just takes so much wear and tear off LeBron. Where like last season, basically until the playoffs, the Lakers absolutely suck whenever LeBron went to the bench. And now like they have a guy who can legitimately create offense for himself. They can play with him, or or also when he's not there, and then run the offense credibly. Um, he fits into their transition identity. He's fast. He's young. And I just think championship teams that are basically capped out don't get to add players like this normally. A young player who fits the timeline of their younger superstar, Anthony Davis, that they have the opportunity to re-sign. And listen, if it really doesn't work out, they can still re-sign and trade him down the road. So I think overall it's a fantastic addition to their team and they're way better off for having him. Uh, I think his his youth, as one of our uncles would say, (laughs) his youth
3: is what makes your point correct. But look, unlike playoff P, playoff rondo
2: is a real thing um okay whoa whoa, whoa. that that's no 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 hold on hold on let me let me stop in your tracks there playoff rondo is there if rondo decides you know what i'm gonna put some effort into it but early on i remember in the playoffs this year we were watching him and it's just like he was actually hurting the team with, with his play and yeah, all of a his, sudden his playoff decided...
0: performance is off awesome. this postseason is was really exaggerated in my opinion he had yeah. like some series where it's really good some even within this look at the miami series He's really good in like three of the games and like absolutely the reason that they were losing in three of those games, like just not making rotations, just doing horrible, stupid things, uh, especially defensively.
2: Um, if he decides he wants to play well, he can play well. But why, 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 why gamble on that? Because he asked for more money. You get rid of him. Old, now he's you have injury prone. Like he breaks his
0: wrist like twice a year. I feel like, you know, like his hand. Yeah. He, again, just to, like me, made a glass.
3: to me, it's the age that made this a right move right um ben, well, I, like, no, no one is arguing that prime rondo isn't better than dennis schroeder well, the thing I, <laughs> yeah. is, like, I remember being a spurs fan when they got rid of boris diao right because boris diao was like old and lazy and like didn't play well in the regular season and, and didn't listen to pop i think that was the main reason that they got rid of him but I, I but i hated that because he 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 was a guy who in certain moments in the nba finals like saved games and, and i think they you know if, if the clippers if the Clippers like, actually show up this season and, and you know they're able to make it to the Western Conference Finals, they might find themselves missing Rondo. Uh, the last thing is, I do have a, a, a Wolf Blitzer hot take real quick. Hot take alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think the Lakers had a great offseason, but I think it was to the detriment of the NBA. And I say that because it was so fun for me to see a championship team that people haven't really talked about this, but they basically did not fit what every NBA analyst was saying was required for a successful team, which was three point shooting, pace, and space. Right? This was a team full of like these goofy, all like big dudes like JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. Um, you know, in addition to, to AD, really bringing up the size and showing like a different a different way to play basketball, which, you know, when I think about basketball prior to the Warriors and the Splash Brothers, that's what it was. It was teams that had different styles of play. You had post play, you had shooters, you had, uh, you know, a variety of point guards, etc. right? And now I feel like we've lost that. And the last thing is like the other thing that made last season really exciting to me was parity. Right, we we had just come off oh, yeah. the stretch where KD had had made the Warriors unbeatable, and like teams like the Nuggets and and the Heat and the Celtics, um, even like the Jazz, going into the season, right? There was like all these different teams that that you could have argued um, were championship cont- contending teams. Whereas, you know, this season, I really don't expect any other team to win outside L.A. I, I think the Clippers have have sort of a, a puncher's chance. Um, but I expect the Lakers to win, and if they don't win, I think it'll be a dis- disappointing season for them.
2: You're talking as if the 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 Lakers this year are like Warriors teams of past. I, I don't think a parity is so much an issue this year. Maybe it's it's. Uh, I mean, more this isn't even sure that he
0: wants to pick the Lakers as the favorites, right? So that can't
3: be. the am Here's like. the thing: I'm not saying it's like a Warriors level gap,
0: right? But who would you say can can
3: contend with LA outside of the Clippers?
2: Well, if uh, Philly gets hard,
0: and uh, you know, well, I I think I I think there are other teams again. I don't think they're as unbeatable as like they're certainly beatable. I think there's 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 a lot of issues about relying on a 36 year old guy uh, on with such an off season um, and and a compressed regular season as well. That you know how how healthy will LeBron be going into the playoffs? How much wear and tear? I mean, that that is the value of getting the Schroders and the Harrells. I I do want to push back on your idea that they're going to be a different identity in terms of like I still think they're like a very different team than any other team in the NBA because they're still going to rely more on the post up than anybody else. They still are a team that's going to employ at least three guys who are centers and Gasol, Davis, and Peril. Uh and then on top of that, you know they they're going to play big with guys like Morris and and LeBron and even like Kyle Kuzma. So they're going to use size, and and I think they they're very much still like this transition plus post-up team that they were last year i don't think they've really changed at all they're not like they all of a sudden have a bunch of million of great shooters i mean west matthews is their best shooter in terms of additions but you know yes he's um he's probably more consistent than danny green but i think danny green has a career higher career three-point percentage so i think they're still very much the same team i think they just got a little bit better at shoring up their weaknesses than they were than they had last year
2: yeah i i agree with that and i i also think that um like when when you look at last year, for them to win, like a lot of things had to go right, right. Like Rondo had to decide, you know what I'm going to play now, and and you know Dwight randomly had uh, played well. Now it feels like it's it's less reliant on LeBron and AD to carry so much of a load. At I least mean, in the ultimately, season.
0: I think when it really matters, it's going to be them. Yeah,
2: when it really matters, it's going to come up to them. But at least now they have some bench depth. You know, they were picking at scraps with their bench last year. Yes, they're they're better than they were um, last year, but it's not so much that, you know, when you look at the level of talent of the Clippers, you know, the yes, they don't have the, 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 the top two in comparison, but the overall team, I think, can compete from a talent perspective with the Lakers. I don't think it's it's a foregone conclusion that the Lakers are going to win the championship this year. They're, they're surely the favorites, but um, you know, the Clippers were the favorites last year. Look how that worked out. Right. So I mean, I think- you, guys,
3: you guys can't deny though, right. That basically the story of this off season is like teams at the very top got better. And some teams that had like championship caliber aspirations got a little bit worse, like, like the Celtics, for example, like the Raptors, for example. Um, and that's why, to me, I think overall the NBA got less less intriguing from a parity standpoint.
1: No, I I, no, I agree with that actually. Um, and I, I it was quoted earlier that I said, you know, I'm not sure, um, one or two whether it's Lakers or Clippers, and that's certainly true, right? Um, but it's still one of these two teams. You know, it's 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 not. I'm not saying you know I think the Nuggets are making that leap. Or Dame Dalla is really going to be stepping up this year? Um, the or or that Luca and them are really make, ready to make that leap. Those things could happen, but um, I re- it does seem like a an LA show, and then everyone else is going to try to make up as much ground as they can.
2: But when you look around the league, yeah, there are some teams that got worse, but there's also other teams that definitely got better, and and the West in particular is. It, you know, East is its own it's conversation. Sweet. We'll have to. But... You know, I think we've, we've done
0: enough on the LA teams. What is it, one of those teams that you think has gotten better in the West?
2: Um, I I think Portland really is interesting to me. I, I totally agree. You know, I don't know if they've gone all
0: the way to level of the LA teams, but they've gotten way, way better.
2: I mean, if, if I'm like adding Covington, bringing back Cantor, you know, getting rid of uh Trevor Ariza, Mario Hazonia, like adding Derek Jones Jr., so Mario uh, Zonia, yeah,
0: you know, we talked no. b- before about who might be the worst player in the NBA. I actually think he was the worst player in the NBA last he year. Was. And he was actually getting rotation playoff minutes. To me, Portland's always been one of those teams that have just never had good enough forwards. So teams would just trap Damian Lillard. It's happened for years when they faced the Warriors. The Warriors would just trap them. And even last year, the Lakers would trap Lillard. No matter how great he is, they get the ball out of his hands. And their forwards just can't make enough plays. I think Covington... um, Gives him a, a legitimate 3 and D again. I don't think he's quite as good a three-point shooter as probably you want him to be. But the other thing is, like, they they have forwards now who could play some defense. With Covington being a really good sort of team defender, uh, defending at the rim as well. Derek Jones Jr. is pretty much an elite wing defender elite. if you look at the numbers. Um, yeah. And they got Mellow back, who had some really nice moments for them last season. So their forward depth is better. And then their centers, having Nurkic back, healthy for a full season. He's their third best player. They're so much better with him. Um, and then Zach Collins is the wild card. I mean, if he can be the player that we know he can be, and actually stay healthy for a change, he gives them that four slash five who can hit threes and also play defense, and, and really just open their whole team. Yeah,
4: Zach Collins is a pretty good complete type of player. And I also think it's really interesting to note that with the like the re-signing of Melo, it's the first time that well, at least the, what I know, it's the first time he's really open to actually embracing a bench role. You guys remember, like, he was the type of guy to like never want to come off the bench. And even when he did, like, it was just like, or I can't even remember if he did fully, but he'd start, he'd be so adamant about starting on teams. So to him, to make the step, it definitely is good for chemistry issues.
3: So. I totally agree with that. And I've been a lifelong Melo fan since uh, he was playing at Syracuse. It's great to see him embrace his role. Um, I thought he did excellent last year. But all that being said, I don't expect the Blazers to really outperform
0: where they were last year all that much. You don't um, expect them to have to play into the playoffs to, to get into the
3: playoffs? No, I do expect them all right. I expect them to be sort of like a bottom of the barrel playoff team in the West. Um I,
0: I just think you, you don't you don't see a top four seed for them. You see them as like a six through eight kind of or five sorry five through eight team. I guess it's hard to say. I, I I have to take a closer
3: look to to determine like rankings. When I think of a team like them, right? Like the next step for them is to be able to compete with the Nuggets, in my opinion, to be able to, uh, be like you know, significantly better than um, uh, Luca and, and the Mavericks. And, and I don't think they quite accomplished that this year. I mean, I think a big problem for them is like every time they go, they play an elite team, it's just too easy to shut down. Um, they're very talented backcourt just just due to height alone. So I, I feel like they really needed a, a significant push to be able to get to the next level. Um, I, I think they've gotten better, but I think they're more or less um, go, going to achieve the, the, the same that, that they've done in the past, which I think is okay, by the way. Like, not every team is going to be a championship-caliber team, but but that's my opinion on, on uh, Portland.
4: A lot of it does rest on the fact of what AC said about the wild card, Zach Collins. Like... I, I'm pretty big on Zach Collins, and I think he was really unfortunate that he was injured in the playoffs uh, last year. Not that I, I, or sorry, this year, but not that I uh, think that he would have. They would have won with Zach Collins, but they would have made a lot more interesting and would have given him a lot more experience. It just because, makes the margin
0: for error less to have a guy yeah. like that, you know? Because
4: like again, like he, he's a pretty for his size and what he does. He's a complete player. Besides being able to like play make, but he can do the things you want out of a six eleven seven footer that most teams would really want to have on their squad, right? So if he can develop into a very solid piece for Portland, I think that would be really good for their future going forward.
2: And, and, and not just that, they like, they are better defensively than they were last year. They have more depth in, in, in the wing spot and in the center spot than they were last year. You can have Penis Cantor come in and back up Nurkic or whatever. And if, 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 if if his defense is is bad you could throw harry giles who they got on a veteran minimum he's just 22 years old and he's a great passer and defender and he's a lot of upside um so there's a lot of i guess they're they're untested commodities because you know giles was on the kings for most of his for basically his entire career and so i i just feel like they they have improved they have a better shooting they have you know you're talking about the lack of size well they just added a ton of size to their team i think
3: they added size you know, like, but not in their back not in their starting backcourt um and, Ruka, and that actually
0: to, to your point this is what i've been thinking about a lot is can a team even win with two guys that small as your guards because yes you can add size on the on the wings and in at the center position but like we've seen time and again, right? The really great players, like guys like LeBron will just attack the worst defender over and over and over and over again. And and how do you can you even win no matter how good those guys are offensively? I, I think
3: you can only win with one guy at that size in the starting lineup. Um and and, and so that's why my argument here is like, look, we're talking about Zach Collins. Right. Um, We're talking about Robert Covington. Like these guys are are good players, but they're not enough to bring them to the next level. So if their goal was to become a championship caliber team, I don't think they've done that yet. If their goal was to continue the culture and and put out a product that their fans can be proud of, then, then yes, absolutely. They've accomplished that goal.
4: But do do you think that if they staggered minutes and they spent more like they staggered CJ and uh, Dame's minutes, which they already do to an extent, um don't you think that would be a solution to the problem in some way because that's what we've seen with the raptors when in 2019 because they played two very small guards as well 5'11 six foot fred van vliet and 5'11 six foot that's a
3: really good point so those weren't the top
0: two players on the team right because you had Kawhi in that championship my my question is more about can you even survive defensively but that's but i was also mentioning that Lowry and Van Vliet are elite defenders for yeah, their, their, their side. Exactly. Size. I mean, Lowry is, is as good as it gets in the NBA. And Van Vliet, though he's tiny, competes. Lillard and McCollum are not good defenders. They're subpar defenders. Um and, and I think Again, they just they get targeted. That also them. comes from an effort perspective, right? Like there's there's no there's no
4: advantage that Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry besides Kyle Lowry's frame, I, I would suppose, but you know, like that that's an effort sort of thing, right? Like People they have to put in the effort to do that, and that's on them more than anything. So again, that but that's like a lot more in-depth discussion sort of thing.
2: The problem is with the the the, the Trailblazers though is if you if you don't play 3J, if you don't play Dame, where are you getting your offense for from, right? Like that that's you need to run the offense through those guys. So I get I get like, yes, they might not be able to beat the Lakers and the Clippers of the world, but if the if the standard that you're setting is the Mavericks and the Nuggets, I could see them beating those teams.
4: I would agree with those three, I could see them beating.
3: Those. All right. I, I, I do want to bet if they meet either of those teams in the playoffs, they're going to get spanked. That's my opinion. I think they could 10. I don't think they get oh. spanked, but I don't think they get spanked by them. I agree.
2: They with could definitely two. compete with them. I would
4: give the edge to the, the Nuggets of the world, the Mavericks of the world, but I wouldn't Agreed. make it so
2: one sided as you're making it. Great. I think at because most now they it have people to again. guard some of those. They have people to guard Luca now, right? They have people to guard Porzingis now. They have depth on that point uh, on both of those positions to do that. I, I think if
0: if you're facing, if you're talking about the Nuggets and the, the like the Jazz and those 17, teams. I think the Portland is absolutely up there. First of all, this is the, one of the reasons why we haven't talked about this yet. They have Damian Lillard. He is, yeah. in my opinion, clearly a top ten NBA player. He's as clutch as it gets. He's absent offense onto himself. His range, you can have a legitimate debate if he has better range than Steph Curry. I mean, that's the kind of deep range that he has. I'm not saying he's a better, better shooter, shooter sure but just from a range fight. perspective. And whenever you have a guy like that, like he's capable of going off in any, any given series and, and making it a, a, a problem for whoever they're facing. Qu- question for you, AC. Do you think Dame can be the top player on a championship team? I think he can on the right kind of team, but not this team. And, and for all the reasons that you were basically saying, I, I just don't think that CJ McCollum First, of all, I'm not sure this becomes a good of a second player anyway for a championship. I agree, i agree large. with that. But you know, as a combo with Lillard, you just need someone to cover for him. Like if he had a Clay Thompson honestly, like a you know pre-injury Clay Thompson, who could like guard the ones or the most difficult guard every time, and like be a reliable guy out there, then I think he could be. I mean, he's just so good at offense that it's 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 conceivable to me that he could he could be that kind of player. But I don't think that this Portland team is built that way. But I do want to give him credit that he's also not trying to jump ship to some other contender. He's trying to like you yeah. know stick it out, I, I, which I love to see.
3: I, I totally agree with that, and that, that's essentially where I land on this team. Is like they, they just don't have the top line talent to make this work, and the, and but the Nuggets and the Mavericks do have uh, in their best two players like the the level of talent that that I think could win a championship maybe after a, a period of growth. Um, and last thing I want to say here is look, you have to love relatively small market teams. A great product that that their fan base can be proud of, and so uh, hats off to Portland. Totally agree.
2: Yep, but you know, so if if you know when if if we're saying that they could they could beat a a um a a Nuggets a a Mavs a a Jazz whatever, I mean, I think that they could finish as a top four seed, and maybe maybe I'm a little too hyped on the Blazers, and that's really because you know you mentioned Clay Thompson previously. because of the Klay Thompson Achilles injury, that um, I think the Warriors now will fall into that bottom half of the playoff teams, which will bump up the Blazers uh, to like the top four. So I guess, you know, talking about the Warriors, you know, Clay Thompson's Achilles injury, Runga, you could probably tell us more about that. But I mean, that is a big blow to them yep yep yeah this is like this is another
3: reason why i feel like the nba got worse i mean i thought the warriors were going to be excellent this year and and be title contending if clay was healthy um and and look ac mentioned this before clay clay has um hidden curry's uh shortcomings on the defensive end for years clay thompson is an elite defender people don't I think a lot of people don't give him credit for that, but absolutely elite defender and one of the greatest shooters of all time. So look an Achilles injury, especially right after what was it? A torn ACL. No, um, it <laughs> 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 That's It's a really tough injury. And, and as also alluded to, it's an injury. I've had myself um, and look, I'm certainly no NBA player, but I, I think it, it can go one of two ways. Like you have folks like Kobe and Shaq. Who had Achilles injuries late late in their career, and, and they really just didn't didn't have a chance of getting better. And then you have a guy like Rudy Gay, who I think who, who's given me hope as a basketball player because he's come back uh, just as explosive as he was prior to the injury. Um, but in either case, it's not going to happen this season, right? I, I think it takes two years to get back from an Achilles injury back to that, that same caliber. Um, so, and the Warriors I, I think made some moves. Uh, in recognition of that, I think they'll be a, a good team, but um, certainly not uh, the the top tier of the conference.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I do think Joe Lacob showed that he wasn't just joking when he wanted to say that I mean, he would claim that he would consistently field a contender because, you know, they used a tradition to add Kelly Oubre, who makes $14.4 million. But that, because they're so far over the luxury taxes, they've committed so much salary to this team, it actually costs them $82.4 million when you factor in those luxury taxes. So, and, and this is the Warriors team. that You might think, okay, well, they're a big market team. But unlike a team like the Lakers or the Knicks that get a lot of the revenue from their TV deals, the, the, the Warriors get a lot of their money from gate revenue. They've built this new arena. They have all these corporate sponsorships. They have high price seating. So to not have... Fans attendance makes it difficult for them to um to theoretically to field a team like this, but it seems like they're just willing to to do that anyway. Um I know this is something that joe Lake himself actually tried to get a proposal to have fans attend with rapid testing, which has completely fallen on its face.
1: Yeah, I it's it's uh It's sad to hear. And I actually think, um, yeah, which uh, I heard that uh, proposal failed. And I think the San Francisco mayor, actually, um, I think earlier this week was caught um, dining in at a Michelin star restaurant after uh, (laughs) after uh, failing that proposal. So not a great look for her. Um, But yeah, uh, Joe Lacob's taking L's everywhere, to be honest, with this uh, Clay Thompson um injury with this uh proposal it's just not a really good look for the for the warriors unfortunately we spent the last you know 20 minutes talking about how portland could possibly you know compete with the mavericks or the nuggets right essentially like can they compete for the silver medal right and that's like well the warriors actually had a chance to really compete for that gold medal this year they were really that one team that really could have broken into that la you know wall that's la stronghold and it's just so it's so sad and devastating to hear you know.
0: I mean, the one thing that might potentially change their franchise trajectory a little bit, not just this season, but going forward is getting James Wiseman with the second pick of the draft. Now, like that doesn't happen very frequently. The team is really good and a consistent contender and then gets to add a talent like that. The last time that's really happened that I can think of is Rungo Spurs when Robinson gets injured for a year and they end up getting Tim Duncan and then everything else is like history, right? So if they get lucky on that, it could change that a little bit. Maybe not this season, but certainly going forward. But I am worried, on the other hand, looking the other way, like we talked a lot about Clay Thompson, but Draymond Green last season looked pretty much horrible. I mean, Charles Barkley kept ribbing on him for having triple singles, you know, like last season, um, you know, where he wouldn't even reach double figures in points, rebounds, or assists. Uh, is is Draymond washed up now, you guys, or do you think he just didn't care last season? I, I uh, would think that he just didn't give a shit.
3: I wouldn't call him washed up yet.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't either. There was nothing to play for. Yeah, last
4: year. I, I agree. Nothing to play for. Um, again, he's a system player, right? Like we all, we all know this. He's a system player. So, but he thrives in the warrior system. He does everything he needs to do extraordinarily well in that system. And he does like for Draymond to be effective. Like the triple single thing doesn't really matter that much. It's it's fun to poke fun at, but like he's not the reason. Like he's a contributing factor, but he's not the main. Reason why they win games, right? Like they win games with the Steph Currys and Clay Toms of the world, and he's a piece that accelerates that offense and the, the backbone of their defense. So, I'm,
3: I'm, I he, he yeah. was their d- defensive anchor throughout
0: all their championship runs, so sure. I, yeah, but but I tend to is there some is there some worry that defense more than most things declines with age, right? And he is getting to his 30s now, he's kind of undersized, even a little loss in foot speed would make a big difference for a guy like him. And his shot's been pretty much gone for the last five years, you know, at least since like 2016 onward, it's been horrible. Shout out to them, um, like, like hilariously atrocious. Um,
3: wh- where, where I don't want to count them out too much is like, I do feel like these guys, a lot of these players are champions, right. In, in their character. So, you know, I, I think Katie does not have that championship heart or whatever you want to call it, but Steph does clay does Draymond does. and And I think like these guys are, You know, I'm sure Steph is itching to get back on the court after breaking his hand last year. So I think he's going to have a great season.
0: Man, it's going to be so nice having him back. I mean, just just like he just brings something that I think the NBA was missing last year. We're talking about some of the reasons the NBA will be maybe potentially worse with having clay hurt just having Steph back at all will be so awesome i mean he's just just box office whenever he plays
3: on and off the court i also love his personality he's fairly like he's relatively vocal politically speaking and yeah i I agree
2: i respect the hell out of him yeah absolutely
1: i mean he's the best shooter to ever play right he's 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 the player that's inspiring a generation um with his shooting he
0: changed the league
1: yeah yeah, you guys were talking KD, Kla- uh, K- KD, um, Kawhi earlier. For me, I like Steph more than both of them. You know, so for me, this is very. Who's the
0: second best player in the NBA? Oh argument God. one of these. That, oh that is God. a
4: whole other discussion.
3: <laughs> to have.
0: Oh I mean, he's got to play a
3: little defense before he gets in that conversation. Come on. Yeah,
4: right. Like, <laughs> but, but the, it definitely is interesting with Steph. Like, we've never seen a player have this much gravity before, right? In terms of his offense and what he does, so. Definitely going to be fun to see how the Warriors uh, will run their offense next year with Steph at the helm. So it should be a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, and the, I'm actually really think, curious that kind of how Wiggins has not come up at all in this conversation.
0: <laughs> I,
3: mean,
2: <laughs> I totally
0: forgot. To Wiggins, actually. Perception or he amongst... hasn't
2: showed up in the NBA his entire career. So yeah. why should he show yeah, up here? He, people just look at he just <laughs> he doesn't play
0: hard. But now, he's kind of the ideal situation. If he can't make it work here, I don't know if he can make it work anywhere. Right? I mean, uh, uh, um. To me,
4: at least, unless he becomes a prominent jump
0: shooter and
4: refines his offensive game a bit more to be able to play off of screens and with a lot of movement, I don't think he has a real good place in this Warriors team. It was similar to like D'Angelo Russell. Like, I love D'Angelo Russell. I think he's a great player, but his system, the way he plays does not fit into that system. He's a very pick and roll intensive guard, right? So, And they don't really run sets like that.
1: I think he could be big for them defensively, though, especially with if Draymond has really declined. Um, he's still he's there's still a reason why he was drafted number one overall, right? The talent's still there. He's he's still a physical specimen. Um, yeah, so for I, sure. I, for this, Anthony, he's, always he's always a guy who on of like
0: ball. on paper would be a great defender, but if you actually watch him, in fact, even the stats back is up. He's just not a good defender. Like he has all the tools. He can jump high. He's fast. He's long. He doesn't use them well. He doesn't play with enough of a motor that it ever, like, means that Yeah, there's he a required of, like, of n- defense That such a high
2: level. picked number one overall. Being picked number one overall doesn't mean shit. Yeah, Anthony
4: Bennett, holy shit. Anthony <laughs>
2: Bennett, Markel's <laughs> whole. Mar- but I think t- t- to to point, like, to me,
3: this is where Warriors' quote-unquote culture is really going to be tested. Right? Because you, yeah. you, you put a play like that on the Spurs and pop is going to fucking make you play defense. There's no questions about it. Like we saw that with like an old man, Paul Gasol, even when he, when he joined the Spurs. Right? So let's see if this culture in San Francisco or in the Bay area can actually get this guy to play some D. Maybe it can. We'll see.
1: People always say Runga and I disagree with each other. I'm most on page with him out of the whole group today. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> that I is great news. <laughs> um, I completely agree. Right? You're talking about someone who has all of the physical tools you put him on a competent team in a culture that's winning, in a culture that's won championships the last couple of years. Let's let all eyes on Steve
0: Kerr to be honest.
1: Like, let's see this. I happen. agree, yeah. yeah.
0: And, and and that also goes for like Steph. I think to a little bit too. He's a little, something to prove here for Steph Kerr, right? I mean, I don't think anyone of us are expecting these guys to be title contenders, but I'd like to see Steph carry a team like this. He's more than capable of doing it to at least become like a relevant playoff team and make some noise in the playoffs. And maybe get to the second round or something like that. Do you guys think that's going to happen? Is, where do you see this team finishing? I, I think they have that uh, possibility.
3: I, I mean, for a lot of reasons, I don't want to count them out j- just yet. You see, like, I I think I totally agree. Steph has a shit ton to prove right now. He's going to come out uh, playing really hard. We'll see what the what the system does with, with Wiggins.
2: He needs to actually be the MVP in the playoffs for a change.
3: Yeah. Well, last, uh, I, I, I think this uh, team can be better bad. than Portland next year.
2: I, I'm projecting. They
3: they I'm projecting be. somewhere between like fifth to
0: eighth seed. I'm in the same place. That doesn't mean they wouldn't be like the team that no one wants to face in the in, the, in any round. But uh, there's still so much left to talk about in the Western Conference. I mean, we haven't even touched on the Jazz, the Nuggets, the Mavs, the Suns, Runga Spurs.
2: Yo, show some love to the Kings too. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for
0: sure. We'll do all of that and more in the next episode, Western Conference Preview, Wild Wild West, Part 2.